Scammers allegedly grabbed $25 million by using AI deepfake technology to trick an employee into sending the money, making us think, we told you this was going to happen. Also, Apple's Vision Pro hits the street and users begin doing very stupid things with the AR VR goggles. These stories and more coming up on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. The guy behind the monitors is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Very good. And joining us once again in our guest co-host spot is Jack Gold. He is the principal analyst at J Gold Associates. Hello, Jack. Welcome back. Hey, Keith. Hi, Chris. We were off for a week. So thank you for... Um, uh, I hope you had a great week off. The you know there was a lot of news, but I think we're going to focus on some of the stuff that that has happened more recently. Uh, and let's just start right off with this uh, this story from Hong Kong. I don't know if you saw this, Jack, but Hong Kong police have launched an investigation after an employee at an unnamed company claimed she was duped into paying. 200 million Hong Kong dollars, which works out to either 20 million pounds or 25 million dollars, depending on your currency that you want to use, of her firm's money to fraudsters in a deep fake video conference call. The Hong Kong police force said it had received a report from a worker that she had been tricked into transferring the money by someone, quote, posing as senior officers of the company. Uh, another quote, police received a report from a staff member of a company on 29th of January that her company was deceived of some 200 million Hong Kong dollars after she received video conference calls from someone posing as senior officers of the company requesting to transfer money to designated bank accounts, uh, the police said in a statement. Uh, further, you know, as you, as you go and read more about this, uh, the, the employee was skeptical at first, but then apparently they got her onto a, uh, like a Zoom-like video call, and she was the only real person in this video call. Everybody else was an AI deepfake uh, with audio and video, and somehow that convinced this person to do this this transfer. Um, I am a little skeptical of the story because uh, you know I I have seen this on CNN and I've seen it in the South China Morning Post, um, and I've seen then other blog sites write about this. So um, enough people are writing about it to, to to make me believe that this is a, this is legit. But it could just be this single source story that. Um, is out there. It, it feels like $25 million in a scam would get more media attention than it did. Um, but as you know, let, let's say that it's a real story. Like if it's, if it's fake, then, oh, okay, you got me. Um, but if it is a real story, the real point that I want to bring up on this show is, you know, again, we've been telling everybody on this show, as soon as the, these, this technology was out, like you've got to be careful out there. And so, um, I feel like I should be doing a victory lap, but I'm, I'm not going to because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a humble guy. So, so Jack, like, what were your first thoughts when you, when you saw this story? You know, honestly, it doesn't surprise me. Um, we've known for a while that AI can produce some really good videos and, and certainly audios. And we saw that a couple of weeks ago with the, the New Hampshire primary stuff with, yep. with President Biden. Um, and, you know, if somebody got on a video call with you, I mean, Keith, how do I know this is really you and not an AI fake? Well, exactly. You know? Yeah. Like that was the part of the story that was intriguing to me was they've before when we were talking about AI deep fakes, it was always about the phone call. So if it would just be, you know, a phone call between you and the CFO uh, and, right. and they've interpreted my voice and they were quick enough to answer the questions uh, back and forth to make you convinced. But now they've added video and if it. 
again, are you are you just not savvy enough to notice that that someone might be a deep fake? I mean, I could ask you. So again, it all comes back to that. You know, give me a, a code phrase that you and I worked out beforehand, right. and it would be like, okay, well, snuffleupagus, um, or something that you know you would never be able to guess if you were trying to impersonate Jack Gold. Right. I would have to or it would be like something that only you and I know about each other. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I think that's I think that we're getting to that. Right. You know, yeah. If you do a bank uh, withdrawal today on the Web, typically they'll uh, do a multi-factor authentication. They'll text to your phone. They'll give you a passcode that you have to to type in within, I don't know, two minutes before they will move the the money or whatever. Uh, I think we're we're starting to get to that point as well. Look, I, I don't know if this is true or not. It, it, you know, it could be fake. That's it's certainly possible. But I could also see it happening. People are really busy at work, right? You've got a million things going on at once. You get a Zoom video call from somebody you think is your boss and says, you know, just do this, transfer it. I've got 14 things on my desk that I'm trying to get through. You just want to get through it. You just want to do it. Yeah. So I could certainly see it happen and, and that person not being overly careful or overly skeptical, you know, doesn't doesn't make sense. Um. It's going to, I think this is all going to get worse before it gets better. Now, the, the hard part for me to understand is if it was a real conversation, right? Right. Like we're having right now is how do you get the deep fake to respond in real time? If, you know, if you've got to type in what the real fake is going to say on a keyboard, it's going to take 5, 10, 15 seconds. Right. You're going to have so some latency if, or lag, right? Yeah. 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 There's some latency there. So it, it seems to me that if this happened, it was like a quick, you know, 10 second conversation, just do this and we're, we're done with it. Uh, if it was a 10 minute conversation, I'm not sure how that would have happened. Yeah. You know, and again, if I was skeptical again, I would say, all right, Jack, lift your, you know, lift your left hand, do this, do something that, that's, that, that right. I know an AI can't do. Although again, I, I tried out the virtual teams, the Microsoft teams added virtual avatars and they include emojis for their avatars that can do things like a little heart thing, or they can, they can dab, they can do all of these dumbass emoji type things. So, so I imagine if you were like, well, um, you know, hold your hand, you know, raise your left hand. Obviously, something like that can be done by machine. It's just a matter of whether or not someone can do it quickly um, so that you wouldn't notice it. I, I would still stick to a almost a multi-factor authentication type thing. Like, you know, give me a give me a, a phrase or something that we worked out beforehand. Um, or, or, or when was the last time? When was the last time we physically got together? Right. Who's going to know that, right? Right. You know, or, I, I don't even know. I don't even know between you and me when the last time I saw you. In, oh, no, it would have been it would have been the last time you were in the studio here. So I'd right. have to look that up and I would know the date and you would know the date as well. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm, assumedly. What, what scares me from my perspective is I don't have I don't have any power here at, at the company where I can transfer to. Twenty-five million dollars to anybody else? Um, uh, you don't. Then we're ending the call right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. So, but what concerns me is that what you know the only the only power of financial ability I have is I guess within my own family. So the family aspect of that is if I got a video call from one of my kids or my wife saying to me, "Hey, I've 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 been arrested, or I've been I mean, I, you know, I was in a traffic accident. I need you know in order for me to get." Get out of jail or to you know proceed you got to send me 500 bucks via whatever 
Um, I, I still think I would be pretty skeptical and I've got those past phrases with my, my, you know, my family, my kids, just like I did when they were little. Um, so I guess, but then half the times my kids forget what that phrase is anyway. So, and they, you know, they're like, just ask them when the last time you bought them ice cream was or something, you know, it's, it's not a problem. That's true. I could, I just, I could come up with things that only my kids would know or only that. Yeah. But, you know, the audio only piece we've been going through for a while, right? There have been lots of reports of people getting scammed. You know, you're somebody calling up and saying, hey, your kid just got arrested and needs a thousand dollars for bail money or, or whatever the right. whatever is going and, on. And th- those seem to target seniors, right? Senior citizens. Yeah. 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 Which but, which is sad. I mean, you know, as I've gotten older, I thought about this and I said, I hope I never get to the point where, where I can get scammed like that. But why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just. But do you think this added video component would transfer to the the personal space, like what we're talking about with our families, or is this only going to be kind of a high profile? Again, the amount of processing it would take for a video uh, deep fake, and the other the other component of this was that it was multiple people. It feels like there was it was a Zoom call with not just one person. I think there were multiple people on the call, depending oh, on which story you read. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that part. I, I, I just saw it was her boss. And I guess and I guess the, the boss was the only person that she recognized, even though that wasn't real. Um, oh, I, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happened on a personal level. You know, it's it's show me the money, right? I, I'm not going to go through all this. For $25 million, I'm going to go through a lot of effort. For, you know, $250, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that's, that's why I've got a little skepticism here. It seems like for that much money... There's, there's, there's got to be some more to this story, but um, again, if I fell for it, I, I apologize. We'll see if this... Maybe it was an insider thing. Maybe she was involved. Who knows? That's true. That could be it, too. Chris, you got anything else to add to this? I mean, do you do you think we could scam you out of that kind of money? Uh, probably not. I mean, it's the, you know, don't trust anything kind of way of thinking, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think so. Do you feel like you should take a victory victory lap as well? Because we've been trying to warn these people for for months on this show. Hey. Uh, I, I mean, no, not not really. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna become more difficult and difficult to try to figure out these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially with AI. So, so. yeah, this that that leads me to another kind of thought. There was a story that I was thinking about talking about, but. I didn't send it out to you guys, but the the head of Samsung was made some controversy real uh, lately because they've added all of these AI abilities to their smartphone, and some people were complaining. It was like, well, that that you know, adding AI to enhance these images makes the photos that you're going to be taking with these smartphones to be more fake, and that there's nothing real you know real anymore about a photograph. And he kind of out and said that like just the act of taking a photo is not a real thing. Like, well, you've I've got sensors in the cameras that that produce an image, so it's it's you know you're not even even an old old school camera is not a real image. It's just whatever came through whatever light came through the lens and was captured by that photo. And I know. Chris, you're a video guy. Like, did you see that quote? And like, do you agree with that? That anything that we take with a phone is going to be fake no matter what anyway? Mm, no, not really. I mean, I guess my, my big question would be um, like, what what information is that AI app now taking on your phone and, and storing? You know what I mean? Like, what are they going to do with your data? Right? Because the, the AI has to analyze that picture, right? Right, right. So where's that? Yeah, or is that data being stored? I mean, is is the AI local on the phone, or does it have to be connected to the internet? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it'd give me more questions than, I mean, 
Well, it becomes a philosophical question about what is reality and what isn't reality. Um, and it's a little bit of an offshoot of what we're talking about here with this, this idea of, can you believe that, that whoever is in front of us is real or not? Um, I mean, I know that you're real in the studio right here because I can physically see you, uh, in front of me and I could go over and actually shake your hand and, and make sure that you're real. I don't know for, you know, again, 99% of me is sure that that's really Jack, but there's a possibility that he's fake. On the other end, he is in front of a virtual background. I do know that that's not real um, right. and that he could change that at any moment. Um, and then we could always go into that, that discussion of whether or not we are actually living in a simulation and that none of us is real and that we're just some computer simulation. But I think that's going down a rabbit hole that, that we won't want to You've get to. You've been watching too many Star Trek episodes. Yeah, and I'll tell you, this is a great segue for our next uh, topic, which is the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, it, it apparently, so last week it hit the streets uh, on, on February 2nd. Uh, users were able to get uh, their hands on it. So it wasn't just the 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 reviewers, the, the, you know, the select few that were chosen by Apple to be the first round of, of reviews. So anybody could get one now if they were able to pre-order one. And, and lo and behold, people are do now doing stupid things with it. Um, so the big for the first story was this uh, story that came out where a Tesla driver was quote unquote arrested for driving with an Apple Vision Pro. He then said later this was just a skit. This was just something he wanted to do to try to go viral video. So it wasn't actually him being arrested uh, and driving. Uh, Again, and anything for social media, yeah, anything that, for social media. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like it would have been more interesting if this wasn't a skit and this was just someone really being a dumbass. Um, but, you know, after the story came out, before it was revealed that it was fake, then we started seeing all of these other stories like, you know, police say, make sure you don't drive with this thing on. And there were, you know, there were other articles that came out were like that were making fun of the Tesla driver for doing this. Um, and like what kind of dummy would, would be doing this if it wasn't for publicity? Um, yeah, I, I have. Look, guys, we all know this, right? I, I, there are no shortage of, of stupid people out there that would do stuff like this. Come on. Right. Are, are you stupid for doing it or are you stupid for doing it for trying to get publicity for it or both? Well, if you're doing it to get pub publicity and you're not hurting anybody, okay, maybe I can see that. If you're doing it because you're just stupid, you deserve to get arrested. Okay. Right. But and probably it, the one for publicity deserves to get arrested too. I mean, it's dangerous. Yeah, it, it's do whatever you want, but don't don't affect me, right? Don't don't negatively impact me. Yeah, it's it's weird that then we had to see so many of these stories of people like police going, please don't drive with one of these things on. Um, and again, maybe we now live in a world where we have to remind all of the dummies out there not to do this. Um, well, we do look. You guys know, you guys live in mass. We have a law, it's a hands-free law. Right? right. Yeah. Uh, and how many times have you driven down the street? I, I mean, see this almost every day that somebody's on their phone, either texting or even talking and holding it up to their head or looking at, at the screen in front of them, right? Instead of driving. And how long, how many years have we had that? And I mean, this, that's been like 10 years at least, right? That it's, we've had this it's law. It's been a while. I don't remember how long, but it's been yeah. a while. And, yeah. And people don't care. Right. Pretty so, sure the cops might not care either. <laughs> well, if you got if you got into an accident, they would certainly care. Oh, yeah. Well, then then they would. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's hard. It's it's hard to how do you how do you monitor that? 
I guess we just unless you put unless they put the automobile companies put I don't know like cameras in the cars and when it detects when it detects you holding a phone in your hand or something then it'll it'll I don't know shut off your car call the cops do something I don't know but there actually is a way to monitor that there there, most phones today have a uh, turn off and motion kind of actually that's true that's true I use that on my phone actually you're right you're right Right. Well, so I, I mean, I connect my phone to that CarPlay monitor system in on in my car, and um, so the phone is never actually used. But even even the act of looking from here to down to here is a little distracting if I've got the map on the phone or if I'm trying to switch songs or something else on the music thing. So I mean, it's not as much of a distraction rather than just picking up the phone and looking at it. And then when calls come in, I do take that on the speakerphone. So it's it's a little bit closer. All right, maybe maybe we do need more of these. Hey, dummy, stop doing this thing. There's another photo I wanted to. There's another photo that comes up, Chris. Um, this is the guy in the subway. I don't know if you saw this during the week as well. Um, so there was a guy who had his Vision Pro on, and he was sitting on the subway, and he was typing something with the virtual keyboard or whatever. I think more people in this case. I think this 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 went viral on Reddit or something like that, and and. More people were concerned about the fact that, like, why are you wearing this on a New York City subway street where someone can just rip this off of your head and? Steal I was just gonna say. You? I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah they shouldn't. You shouldn't do that in New York. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, or worse. Yeah, yeah, there, there's, there's certainly, you know, there's certainly a lot of areas in the city where you'd be like, why are you inviting this? And I, I, again, maybe the guy is like, um, a karate master or something like that. Um, he's probably got three guns on him, so it'd be okay. Okay, okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was confident enough. But I, I think the other point is, is that when you're wearing the headset, you lose kind of your peripheral vision too. And even yeah. though there's this this pass through effect, that's you know you're supposed to be aware of your environment. It's a little bit AR. Um, but again, it's one of those viral things that was just like, well, I'll just see what I can do and see if I can get a hit by having someone you know, watch me do as, this. As we talk about all this stuff, you know what comes to my mind. Apple not, in the not too future, not too distant future is going to get sued because something bad's going to happen with somebody having this headset on and they're going to go after Apple saying, see, you caused my whatever accident, uh, robbery on the subway, uh, you know, crash into a telephone pole, my Tesla. Um, I, I think. We're gonna I, see yeah, some- I mean, I have seen some 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 posts by Apple. Uh, again, reminding everybody, like, this is not meant to be used in a car. This is not meant to be used probably in a subway. Uh, make sure you're doing this, this, and this. And I'm sure there's some small print somewhere in the terms of service. Probably when you, when you turn on the... When you turn on the actual headset, it probably says something. Yeah. So next next you know week, I mean? we're going to be talking with a couple of the guys from Computer World and Mac World who have some of these. They're going to give their reviews are going to come out next week uh, or this week, depending on when you're watching this. And so our next episode or next couple of episodes, we'll be talking about all of the different Vision Pro stuff. Um, I, I just think that for this case, it was just imagining a lot of the the dumb things that that users were were commenting on that you wouldn't have gotten from these uh these reviewers like people from the wall street journal and people from the new york times those are the ones uh people that were um reviewing it there was something from tom's tom's guide um where they were talking about the persona um it's like their zoom call feature where you can now it creates an image of you and bring that up chris the um the tom's guide one 
I uh, think there was a quote in here that I just thought it was very amusing. I think, so, it's, I think it's this one. Yeah. Right. So it was, I did my first uh, Apple Vision Pro Zoom call using my persona and yikes, uh, basically saying that it, it's very creepy at the moment where um, whatever, whatever the thing is drawing of you is is just it's I mean, just I mean, not why, ready. why even why even bother doing it that way like if you're gonna if you like just use your phone facetime it, it'll look a lot more realistic than that avatar yeah like like i said like, you on. know microsoft was trying to they have these avatars that you can use in a microsoft teams meeting now and so yep. a bunch of uh, computer world editors and i we jumped on a call and created our own a- avatars and tried to do a zoom call or a zoom call a, a video conference call via teams and it, it integrated, you could use either your webcam or you could use your avatar. So you could decide if you wanted to be face-to-face with a video or if you wanted to have this little creepy avatar thing. Um, and when we were all in the avatar world, we were just like, what is, what's the point of this? We just couldn't discover why this would be any more valuable than just having a Zoom call. But people used to say that about Zoom calls, too. Like, why, I don't know, was, was there a value of having these types of things? And obviously, yeah, what we're doing now is, right? yeah. If, if we're on a call and I can see your face, I, I get a lot of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too, right? But I get a lot of information just from seeing from your face. I don't get that from an avatar. How am I going to really take you seriously when you're talking to me from an avatar? If, no, if you're in a business meeting, right, right. And and then at least at least Microsoft had the sense of not being uh, not allowing me to create an avatar that looks like a dog or an alien or some other <laughs> you know weird creature. Um, most of the avatars you could create uh, were human. I think all of them are human. Um, they have templates, and then you can switch things. What was interesting to me was. I think as as human beings, we tend to create avatars that look like ourselves. And there's no rule that said I had to. Um, but my avatar was uh, a white guy with glasses, and I had my hair part generally in the same way. And the, the color was brownish, even though I think it's more darker and grayer than it used to be. And then they had a hoodie option. I was like, well, I'm, I'm known as the hoodie guy, so I guess I'll, I'll wear the hoodie instead of the, the hipster gear. Um and you certainly, you know, if I'd shown up as a dif- different ethnicity, um, then people might go like, why are you, why, you know, why are you uh, a female uh, Asian woman instead of Keith? Like, I don't know. I, it's, there's this weird um, di- social dynamic that I don't, I don't know if we could get into because this happens in video games too, where I end up creating avatars that look exactly like me. And even though sometimes I hate the way I look. So Anyway, um, this one with the, the, the personas, again, I, I think as you're trying to get more realistic, you then enter that uncanny valley of it's like it's just so creepy looking and just why, why would you even do it? Just show me your face. Right. But maybe they can't with the Vision Pro and that's why they have to come up with this this other thing. Well, there, there's that there is that aspect of it. But, you know, one of the problems that I have with trying to use a, something like a Vision Pro, I'm not, not just picking on Apple, but generally AR, VR headsets, right? Is that you lose a lot of, as you mentioned earlier, your periphery vision. And and it's not, in a Zoom meeting or, or Teams meeting or whatever, it, it, you know, there's a screen in front of you, so you don't need a lot of peripheral vision per se, but you still want to know what's going on around you. I mean, especially if you're in an office setting. If you're in your own room, the door uh, locked, okay, fine. But, you know, I, I, it's just 
it changes the dynamic of, you know, your spatial response to things. And that changes the way you interact as well. And I, I, I just can't see doing it if you have to. I mean, if there's a reason for it, you're, a, you know, I know you're a, a, a telemedicine, a doctor in, in Chicago performing surgery on somebody in Boston. Okay, you know, I get it. But, you know, you're concentrated on a specific area and doing it from remotely. But just to have a conversation like this with avatars and, and glasses on. Yeah, can you even can you even imagine a day where we get to where we are now or the the early days of this? Can you see us making a logical leap where we then are you using this on a regular basis? I just I just see this it's a huge chasm. I can't see us getting to an area where we all need to do this and put a, a goofy headset on. What does it give give us? I mean, it, here's always been my decision point, right? What does it do for you that you you don't have today? Right. What's the benefit? I mean, we all used to sit around a conference room on a speakerphone, right? For, yeah. for, for some of these meetings. And then yeah. initially video conferencing came out and everyone's like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be on camera. And, and, then, it, and then it turns out that the pandemic, pandemic forced us to be on camera. Right. Yeah. So could there be another jump like this where we all have to then become virtual? Like, again, mm -hmm. again, would it be a disaster? Like, you know, we all have to live in these little pods and these bubbles. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, we can't go outside. We can't. We are, are, all, are all stuck in a room. But it would still be video, wouldn't it? it I, <coughs> I can see it making sense in certain situations. So, for instance, what if you're, what if you have to do a tour of the factory and do an inspection? And I could do that from you know sitting here at my desk with with the proper headset and, and very importantly the proper kinds of software. Right? It's not just about the hardware. It's right. about the the whole infrastructure. In those kinds of situations or, or medical situations. Uh, a remote diagnosis, um, you know, even maybe even an insurance adjuster. You know, I walk around my car. I just had an accident, and then the the adjuster doesn't come to my place. He says, "Just walk around your car with the camera, and I'll I can see from here, um, and I can give you instant service. I don't have to wait three weeks for the guy to show to my up in my house." Those but, kinds of situations make a lot of sense. But you can do but that with right. You can do that with talking, a phone. Yeah, you can do that with a phone right now. Like right? the, the adjuster gets on the phone with you and says, "Walk around your car, point your your smartphone at the camera. I can see where the damage is." I don't understand yeah. like why you would then need to put a a, a big headset on. Uh, <laughs> only because it, it, in theory, it could give you a three D a better three D view. Okay. Okay. In and, theory. And in theory, that's that's where you might see these being used in field service, but it, yeah. it does feel like it's it's never going to be a knowledge worker type thing. It feels at least not not uh, at this point. I never say never, but I, I have to see some real benefit to it, and I I don't at this point. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, all right. I'm going to move from from, and again, we're going to talk more about the Vision Pro with with our uh, reviewers next week. So if you are interested in that, just stick around for another week, and, and we'll have that that episode up. Uh, all right, moving to the world of streaming. Um, uh, the big news this week from uh, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery uh, have announced a new service that is going to create a sports streaming platform. Uh, this was was very interesting. Of course, the Super Bowl, uh, by the time you see this episode, the Super Bowl will have been done. Uh, we are recording this ahead of the Super Bowl, so we don't know 
who won the game. But um, sports is, is on a lot of people's mind right now. So ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery are teaming up to create a supersized sports streaming service that will offer content from all of the major leagues, a deal that is uh, allegedly will help reshape the sports and media landscape. The as-yet-unnamed service will be offered directly to consumers who would be able to stream all of these companies' sports content. Uh, the company said in a statement following a report in the Wall Street Journal about the new venture. Uh, each of the companies will have one-third ownership of the new service, which is expected to launch this fall. Uh, pricing was not announced, but the CEOs of Fox, Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Disney, which is the majority owner of ESPN, said the new offering would increase choice for fans and give a new sports-centric service to those who have cut the cord to traditional pay TV. So sports, and live sports especially, well, yeah, I mean, I guess all sports are live, but um, that was the, the, the one holding point for a lot of people to not cut the cord and everybody that I was taught that I've talked to about, you know, have you cut the cord yet? Do you still have cable? The biggest answer was always, well, I don't because I like watching sport X, whether it's the NFL or NBA or, you know, local team. I, I like watching the Red Sox. I like watching the uh, Celtics or whatever uh, your favorite team is. So that was always the reason that you would want to maybe have a cable connection. Um, there were some movements where streamers were starting to offer uh, digital digital packages. I think there was a, a service called Fubo uh, that my friend uses to watch uh, Nessun games for uh, or the Nessun cable channel. I know Nessun itself had this like ridiculously high priced thing to watch uh, Red Sox games and uh, maybe Bruins games. So there was some movement in front, but this is a, I mean this is a big deal for the these major three. Uh, sports. What's what's interesting to me as well is that it, it doesn't cover all of the different licensing agreements that a lot of these major networks have, or a lot of these major sports. For example, you wouldn't get all the football games in the NFL because NFL offers games for Amazon on Thursday nights. Right. Uh, CBS is not involved in this, and they have the rights to some Sunday games in the AFC. Uh, so you would still have to stream Paramount Plus. Uh, to get those games, uh, I think there's a Sunday night Peacock game, which I guess that's now Warner Brothers Discovery. So maybe that would be covered. But there were a couple of others that you would still have to go if you wanted to get everything. Um, but I think most people are thinking that a deal like this could, you know, accelerate that people of like, finally, I can now subscribe to this with and, and I could ditch my cable so I could still watch all the sports I need. Um, any other do you have any thoughts on this, Jack? I'm not sure how much of a sports fan you are or not, but this this would this seemed like a big deal to me. Well, it, it, yes and no. So so one of the problems with all of these is that they have they still have to pay the all the franchises, right? They still have to pay the NFL. They still have to pay, you know, the the Red Sox, they have to pay. All of these guys are getting fees. Right. And, and sports is big, big business. And so one of the reasons why the subscriptions, the individual subscriptions are so high is because it's not just because they're trying to get a lot of money out of us, which, of course, they are. It's also because they have to pay a lot of money the, to the franchisers uh, of, of the sports uh, right. to be able to, to be able to show it. So my question to these guys is if they're going to show all of these games, how much is it going to cost them? And how are they going to relate that cost to me as a subscription fee? You know, it could be that this is going to be $30, $40, $50 a month. We don't know. Right. Um, you're going to get diehard sports fans that, that might jump on that. Casual sports fans aren't going to pay that. 
Right. And, you know, and it's and again, beyond the four major sports, there's also international sports, international soccer. There's F1 stuff. There's college football. There's all sorts of college games. And again, if you are really into sports, there's a lot of different sports that you can that you can go. Um, I, I yeah. even people that like golf, you know, I right. guess there's a golf channel tennis, and tennis and, and hockey. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. Swimming. You know, but it's favorite, but it's right? what, what's interesting is that we we're we're seeing that you know the model worked when it was in a broadcast format right and then as people moved to cable the model still did work you would have networks that would be paying these these licensing fees from these sports and then they would pass that savings well pass the money along through advertising and through right. um, other types of deals and that's why your cable bill ended up being so high is because you've got to you know e- you the cable company has to pay ESPN. ESPN has to pay the NFL, you know, right. And right down the line. So what's weird is that with this digital streaming subscription type based thing where you're moving from advertising revenue to subscription revenue, advertising revenues up here, subscription revenues down here, there's a big gap. And we're seeing that in the entertainment space with movies and TV shows and all these other things where they're dropping these premium. You can't really, or you either raise the price on the premium subscription so that you don't get ads or you lower the price, but then say, well, we're going to throw in. Now you have to watch all these ads again. And it's basically like, well, why did I give up cable uh, right. at this point? Cause I'm now paying, for a service that's here. And now I also have to watch ads. I think my Netflix just changed over for that, for example. Yeah. Amazon prime just did too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was, was there a big uproar of that? I mean, I wasn't really outraged, you know, outraged by this because I don't watch a lot, any of the Amazon stuff anyway. I don't think their content is very good. I only, I only have it's it not. because of the free shipping. Um, right. And I think that's why most people sign up for Amazon. It's, it's for the free shipping. Yeah. The content has really gone downhill on Amazon. In the last year or two, so it's not that big of a deal, but it's it is an annoyance, right? You're paying for something, and and they're basically raising the fees on you without raising the fee. Right, right. So I, I'm just surprised to to see to see them think that well, this time it'll be different because it's sports, where right. it feels like the sports model is even worse off than the entertainment model can be with the amount of money. Cause again, if it wasn't for these TV licensing deals, you don't get the high salaries that you get in the, in the sports leagues. And I, I can't see a crash coming for the sports leagues to, for them to say all of a sudden, well, yeah, of course we'll, we'll go this other streaming route. Um, I guess. Yeah, we'll s- I, I, I'd be surprised that it's, if it's successful long-term, we'll see. I might be wrong, but remember when we were talking about, I think this was on your first appearance. Uh, we talked about that Peacock only streaming, football game yeah. and yeah. It, it turns out that that was that was the lowest number of, of viewers and so right. whether you thought 23 million was a lot or a little depended on your perspective uh someone did ask roger goodell uh this week during the the super bowl media coverage whether or not there would be a streaming only pay-per-view type super bowl at some point and goodell said well not in my lifetime so like as, as long as he's commissioner, he was like, well, this, this won't happen. And again, you rolled See, again, now I can tell that you're real because you just rolled your eyes at me. Um, but here's we, you know, so, you guys so, were making fun of me a little bit when I suggested that at some point we might be seeing a pay-per-view uh, Super Bowl. And the Wall Street Journal did write about that this week. So. So, again, the discussion was here's the trade off. If I make you pay for the game. 
and the description and, and and the people that are watching goes from i'm making up numbers right 100 million down to 50 million yep why would an advertiser pay you the same price they were paying you before to to run a budweiser ad on that on that screen right so now so now yeah so instead of a seven million dollar 30 second spot that that's apparently what the price is you're paying seven million dollars to reach 100 million people so if it in a streaming world do they ask for a $3.5 million ad to reach 50 million people? Uh, I would. If, if the 50 That's... million people then pay, uh, what is it? If it's, if it's a hundred bucks, now you're talking, uh, oh, my math is horrible. Whatever, yeah. 500 million but, or, or even $5 billion that you could get off of, off of the advertise or the, the, the fee to watch the Super Bowl. I guess it's, it's all about I'm sure there's the people money. that are figuring out the math at some point. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all about following the money. How do they make the most money? You know, it's it's is, is, dollars per eye. Is that the <laughs> right. is that the trade off that we have for the Super Bowl, yeah. where I I can watch it for free, but I've got to watch through uh, a lot of insufferable uh, yeah. Super Bowl ads. Yeah, that are all about yeah, Taylor exactly. Swift in some way or, or another. I, I guess yeah. that's that that is exactly the deal. That's exactly the deal. But that's been the deal since the, the early days of television, right? You, Absolutely. In order to get this for free. But now it's, so it's not even that I don't get it for free anymore. I, I, I have to pay to watch something and then I'm forced to watch additional things to make up for the difference uh, so that well, more people can get money. But the original deal, the original advantage of cable, you know, this is going back, what, 20 or 30 years. The reason, reason people pay for cable is because they went from three channels or four channels or five channels if you're in a big city yep. to 50 or 100 channels. Right. And the signal was good. You didn't have to go screw around with your antenna. Right. right. Remember those days? Yeah. That was a different that was a different ball game. So you're paying for quality and you're paying for quantity. Now, you're probably not paying for either. <laughs> or you're not paying additionally for either. Paying for I convenience. What, what I'm saying. Well, now, yeah, and if you pay, if you're on a mobile phone, you're now paying for that convenience, right? Good, good point, Chris. And 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 you're, yeah, it just and yeah, quality is certainly not any better. Although the jump from cable to high def was a really good jump, especially for sports. Yeah, high def on cable. Yeah, well, you could, but it was a lot better on fiber optic. I guess that's cable. Well, but the, but the other problem that that these people need to think about, and they, I know they are thinking about it, but the other problem is how many subscriptions are people willing to pay or able to pay right so you just mentioned it right you got a phone subscription you got a cable subscription or at least you got an internet subscription you got the streaming services subscriptions yep. maybe you're paying for i don't know premium x uh, twitter or whatever uh, all this stuff starts adding up and people are, are starting to look at these bills and saying wait a minute you know there are people who have Four or five streaming services, Netflix, Paramount Plus, you know, Discover, whatever it is, they, they pay for four or five of them. That's 50 bucks a month right there by the time you get through. And then you or have maybe to, a little less. And then right? you have to subscribe to an app that will help you unsubscribe from the ones that you exactly. don't use anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but that's part of the problem. People are dropping. We had this discussion, right? People are dropping services because they can't afford them. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm going to, there's another segue. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Google. <laughs> has announced that it's rebranding its Bard AI to Gemini. And guess what? It's rolling out a paid subscription for this. Uh, so Google has renamed its Bard chatbot after the new artificial intelligence that is powering it called Gemini and said consumers can now pay for better reasoning capabilities as advised with Microsoft to win subscriptions. For 
$19.99 a month, you can now access Gemini Advanced, which includes a more powerful Ultra 1.0 AI model. Uh, this was according to Google. Subscribers will receive two terabytes of cloud storage, which typically costs about 10 bucks a month. And uh, you'll then gain access to Gemini in Gmail and Google's productivity suite. The bundle, which is known as the Google One AI Premium Plan, because uh, God forbid I should try to remember another a name of a plan here, represents one of the company's biggest answers yet to Microsoft and its partner, OpenAI. It also shows growing competition over consumers who now have several paid AI subscription options. The funny part about that statement is, is the word competition, because it's the same price that uh, OpenAI is charging. So it's not really much in terms of competition. You, the, and, and, and there's so many subscriptions out there in the world of AI. People, it feels like they're just throwing um, pasta at the wall or just throwing to see what sticks um, because we don't know if this financial model is working in the AI world. Uh, but it's like, oh, well, they charge 20 bucks. We'll charge 20 bucks as well and see, see if we get any customers. I don't see any reason why anybody would want to uh, subscribe to something like this, seeing as how I, you know, the differences between the different AIs are are not really that different. Um, and yeah. you know, have, again, I I'm I'm not diving so far deep into the the nuances of all of these different AI tools, and maybe maybe it, maybe I'm not the right guy to do that. No, I, I don't think it's so much that. I think what what Google's well, what Google's trying to say is Microsoft's going to charge, so we're going to charge, right? But Google's done this for a long time now. I mean, it used to be, remember the early days when Google came out with the, the equivalent of, of Microsoft Office? It was free. Right. And you can still get a free version. But if you want the, the really good version, it's, you're going to pay for it. It's whatever it is, 20 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month. I don't remember the, the, the cost anymore. And then and they were also going after business users, which are willing to pay a, a premium price. So I think what really is going on at Google right now is they're saying, look, this is going to take up, first of all, it's going to take up a lot of processing power. Right. So it's not free. And, and, yep. Yep. That's and, a great point. And, and search is, we, we already got search. That's fine. The ads pay for that. Ads don't pay for AI stuff. I guess they could, but they're not right now. Well, that's so the big thing about that. That's the big thing within the search world is they're trying to figure out how do you mix search results right. where I can get money for it versus accuracy and, and satisfying the users for their requests. Right. Or just saying, look, if we don't give you ads, we're going to, we have to give the money somewhere else. We have to get it somewhere. Right. Um, so I think this is it's still at the experimental stage. I think it's going to take another year or two for it to all shake out. I think what ultimately ends up happening, if we look out a few years, whether it's Google or Microsoft or whoever else is there will be a free AI component just as we have today or ads, let's say ad supported maybe. Uh, and then there will be a premium service. Um, just like you get on, on cable, right? You get a bunch of free channel, you get the local channels for free. Well, nothing's for free, but uh, then you have a premium tier, you know, HBO, Showtime, all that kind of stuff that you pay extra for. I think the same thing is going to end up uh, in, in the web with, with AI. Yeah. But I think it's going to take a few years for it to sort out. I, I just, it's, it's weird for a technology that is so early on to be jumped on with the subscription model. And I, I understand that the processing takes a lot of, of, of money and energy. Um, but I haven't been convinced component. yet. To, I haven't been convinced other than OpenAI, which I wanted to get on, but, but then they closed off all new subscriptions. So right. it feels like there, I missed the boat on that. There is another reason to charge, which people don't talk about. Okay, what is and, it? And that is that you, you don't want to get 
20 million people on board. You want to limit the number of people you get on until you prove out the technology. Right. So any early technology, um, you see people charge a lot of money for it. There's two reasons for that. One, they're trying to get the money back, right, for the engineering. But also it limits the number of people you get on board so that you're not overwhelmed with billions of users right away. And, and, and if there's a problem, you can fix it. You're right. only affecting a few people. So I think that's part of it as well right now. Okay. So, but if you're a business, you're going to be interested in some kind of subscription plan at some point. Yeah. If if you feel like there's something very valuable here, I if mean, the, valuable, the, yeah. the other hand, on the other hand, I feel like these companies like Google and Microsoft are are trying to do their best to make AI very uninteresting and boring. <laughs> and I know there's, I know there's a again, again, I I I've interviewed a lot of people about AI and the value of AI in business and enterprise tech. And and sometimes my eyelids get really heavy and droopy um, for the alleged excitement around, you know, well, I can do my accounting and bookkeeping faster. It's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, wake up a little bit. Um, right. And again, the, the thing I'm most excited about is just being able to draw goofy pictures on, on, on this image generation stuff. And at some point to try to trick and, and fool my friends and family into giving me lots of go. money. So that's my other that's my other vested interest. Uh, all right, let's go to the lightning round. Uh, we are going to go for three quick stories. I just need uh, some quick uh, hot takes from you, Jack, about this. Uh, first of all, uh, an analysis said that cyber hacking victims paid out a record one point one billion in ransoms last year for ransomware. So my big question is, is like I thought we were supposed to be not paying ransoms. So what happened? Why are we paying this much money in ransoms? Because if you're and, and this usually it's not you or me, right? This is big business. So yeah. if you're a hospital and I attack your systems and shut down your hospital and it's going to take you two weeks to get back up and running, how much money are you going to lose? Yeah, it's a cheaper. lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, cheaper to just pay these guys. So so should we change our strategy about not paying? Like, is that still the best, is that still the best approach of, you know, law enforcement no. going, don't pay, don't pay. But it's like, you know, we can't, we have to, we have to keep our systems up. Well, the, the the strategy needs to be these guys all need to update update their systems so they've got backups so that if somebody does get hacked or get, you get attacked, you got a way to switch over and not lose any money. And that's not happening anywhere near as quickly as it should. Okay. Uh, next one. Next up, a robocall that used the fake Joe Biden voice was traced back to a Texas company, and also just breaking the FCC is basically they they did a rule that said, um, uh, guess what, guys. Uh, at, uh, AI voices in unsolicited robocalls is now illegal. So good for good for the government for being on top of all this. Uh, yeah, right on time. You know, the, the New Hampshire attorney general did trace it back to a Texas company. Uh, but I don't know if like I don't know if they can arrest anybody yet or they basically told them to like cut this stuff out. Um, I who knows if there's companies behind companies behind companies to see if there's an actual person that can they can put to this. Um, but at least the FCC is saying that you can't do that anymore. So good for them. I'm actually surprised um, and a little bit impressed that they were able to, to trace it back because VoIP calls are really hard to trace. You've you got to go through a lot of effort. You know, if I send you an email, you have a, a, there's a complete IP trail from my machine all the way to yours. That doesn't happen in the phone company systems these days they're, they're trying to change that right but we're, we've got a long way to go to do that so th just the ability to trace it back is is actually fairly impressive w would you and, uh, would you be interested as a as a network telecom guy to learn how they were able to do it 
if they came out yeah. and said, here's how we figured out that it was this company? Yeah, I, th- I think that would be great. All right, maybe we'll try to get them on the shower. You can call yeah, them. <laughs> I think that would be super. Yeah. Um, because it isn't that easy. I mean, we know because we get all these fake calls right from India or, or Japan or North Korea. I don't know wherever they're coming from. I get all kinds of stuff on my phone, right? Uh, so, so that's cool. Could it have been a case where these, these were coming from an old school telephone system? And that's possible. how they were able to find them? Because they, they were possible. just dumb? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be. I I doubt it, but there there must have been they must have found a way to to trace the traffic back and 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 good for them. By the way, you know, we we used to hear the same thing about cryptocurrency, right? The whole blockchain thing, it's untraceable. Guess what? It's not true. <laughs> they there was a woman, um I can't remember her name now, but did a research project and found out a way to trace back blockchain because there's a certain I won't go through any yeah. details because it'll take too long, but there's a certain way to find out anonymous numbers uh, and, and trace them back to owners. And and she was actually instrumental in working with the government to shut down a whole bunch of, of malware bad guys that were using blockchain uh, or cryptocurrency, right, to get paid. Yeah, yeah. I always assume that a lot of these these um, these frauds or scams or are, are complex and... Um, more sophisticated than maybe a, we think they are, and then it could just turn out that it's, sometimes it's just a bunch of dumb criminals that do something. So, um, yeah, but it does. F- or, or not that dumb. Or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, and our, and our final our final one is that YouTube TV says it has more than eight million subscribers. That was some interesting news uh, in their recent. Um, uh, annual report or their quarterly report. They have now passed uh, satellite subscriptions uh, for YouTube Live, and that's $73 a month for the live TV. Now, they're saying most of the, that subscriber jump happened because they got the Sunday ticket, the NFL Sunday ticket, proving, again, sports, uh, how, how lucrative that can be for subscribers. I did subscribe to YouTube Live for four days so that I could watch one football game, and then I immediately um, canceled the subscription, so I didn't get charged the $73. So, um, But yeah, I mean, again, I think that just shows that, that cable is on the decline. So I don't know if you had any thoughts yeah. on that as well. Well, again, it's the sports people, right? How much, what's a Super Bowl, Super Bowl ticket going for? $6,000, oh, something it's like beyond, that? It's, it, it's uh, like, th- yeah, th- three Vision Pros or two Vision Pros. <laughs> so there are a lot of people who will pay big bucks you yeah. know, are, are, are real sports fans, and, exactly. and that's where they're getting the money from. It's not because you want to watch, I mean, I don't know, the, I, the latest version. I don't think, I, I would argue that it's not even about the enjoyment of the game anymore. I think it's all about the gambling and the, the fantasy football and keeping track of all of that stuff. You know, that's a whole other yeah. episode we could do about the rise of all of these different ways to, uh, again, the NFL and all of these other sports became so much more popular when, fantasy football took off and then you started seeing mobile sports gambling and and all of this other kind of need for us to watch. you can't just watch a game anymore even yeah i mean you just you have to be uh engaged and interactive and either get money or lose a lot of money so (laughs) yeah exactly we should you know because because this is going to be out after the super bowl we should either say congratulations chiefs or congratulations 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe I'll just cut that out later. 
Congratulations, well, Taylor Swift, on getting engaged. Uh, or, or oh, sorry, Taylor. Sorry that you couldn't make it to the game. We should just have a, a rolling series of all these different things. Anyway. Well, aren't they, they're both red teams, right? So just say congratulations, red team. The red team won. Exactly. Or, right. yes, congratulations. All right, uh, Jack, thanks again. And we'll see you next week uh, with more tech stories. Thanks again for, for jumping on the show today. Terrific. Thank you, Keith. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.